And now, right to your hosts of Down the Garden Path, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing. Hello and welcome to Down the Garden Path, where we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host Matthew Dressing. Hello, Matthew. Good evening, Joanne and everyone. Thank you for joining us here. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right. And tonight it marks, it's July. Can you believe it? Like, I don't know where June went, but it is July. Um, So tonight marks the beginning of a brand new month here on Down the Garden Path, which means, of course, a new topic. Um, We are loving our deep dives uh, each month. And tonight we take a deep dive into some of the most popular shrubs, which grace the nursery benches and our gardens. Kicking off the month, we begin a discussion with a two, count them, two-part series on hydrangeas, of course. There are so many. They're so loved. They're so hated by some in some senses. There's a lot a, a lot to talk about. So Matt and I just felt like it was impossible to do it in one show. So we are doing it in two shows. So tonight and next week, um, want to join in the conversation, have a question about your hydrangeas, then please send us your questions to instudio101 at gmail.com. So Matt, which ones did you want to talk about? Which ones are we going to talk about tonight? You know what? I think we're going to start off our uh, part one of the series with our um, arborescence, our smooth leaves, uh, as well as our oak leaves, our quercofolias. And then next week, we're going to jump into the massive massive group of um, paniculatas, uh, paniculata hydrangeas or the panicle hydrangeas. And we'll look at uh, some of the mountain types, the hydrangea serratas. Uh, and we'll probably touch on the hydrangea macrophylla as well, uh, as they are closely related. That's right. Yes. Um, so that is where we are going to start. Excellent. Excellent. And there's a mix I mean, it's, we didn't, we kind of divided it that way, um, sun and shade. So arborescence that we're going to talk about the, are the Annabelle hydrangea and some new varieties of that, new and improved. They've been working hard, haven't they? And so just in the last couple of years, there's a whole bunch of cu- cultivars. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting the hang of this after all these years. Native ours and cultivars. Um, So we're excited to talk about those too, because there's some improvements um, to the standard Annabelle, which is a native in Eastern Ontario. Is it not? Uh, It's just just south of the lake. So just on the other side of the lake from where we are. So uh, hydrangea arborescence, uh, our Annabelle hydrangea and the smooth hydrangeas, native to to new from New York uh, state down to Florida. And then west to uh, Iowa, Missouri, Louisiana, and that area there. Um, wow. Yeah. That was a specific answer. You must have been ready for that question. I was ready. I didn't, I didn't even know I was going to ask it. Holy cow. You were like specific. <laughs> wow, everybody. Matt's That's on nice. his game tonight. Right. <laughs> even though he just got home from work 10 minutes ago, right? That's or right. maybe 12, about 15 minutes now. Maybe 15. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And it was a hot one here in Toronto, wasn't it? Or in the in uh, Whitby, here in, in the East East End. It was. It was a very scorcher. And we've got some big rain clouds moving in with a 20% chance. But I can see rain from my window, even though it's not raining here yet. So relief oh, is good. on the way. Good. That's good. That's good. So we'll we start with the Annabelles. Um, why don't we you tell us a little bit about the growing conditions yeah so it is um as we were talking about it's a a um deciduous shrub so we all know that it's a deciduous shrub annabelle is probably the most popular one uh that we end up seeing and it is hardy even though it is starts in new york state um it is hardy to zone three all the way through nine 
The group will usually be around uh, three to five feet tall and wide. And I've seen Annabelle as well get closer to uh, six feet uh, by six feet. But it does okay. prefer a partial shade. And they've been known to take some very, very heavy shade. And I've read uh, some books and I think well, that sounds like a weird statement. Uh, <laughs> but in some of the, the, the books that I've read in the past about them, I think it was Michael Durr. Uh, they've come across them in some very deep shade where even taking photographs uh, was next to impossible and it found arborescence uh, growing and thriving and uh, doing very well, very well. So she enjoys, look, she's very low maintenance, enjoys um, average to medium moisture, well-drained soils, partial shade, um, can grow in full sun and you'll often see them in the garden centers with full full sun um but they lose some of that nice dark green to their leaves they start to kind of pale out and they do need lots and lots of moisture um it is very adaptable um but it doesn't really like the drought so she doesn't like to be hot and dry for very very long so if you've mm -hmm. got a very full sun uh, very well drained um, easily dried soil this one is not going to be the hydrangea for you, but we do have a slew of others uh, yet mm -hmm. to be mentioned that will fill that for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it definitely tells you, like, it's obvious when it's not happy, it's definitely droopy and it's definitely the leaves, you know, it's, it's definitely all, I think all of them kind of pretty, pretty much tell you when they're not happy. Um, but I think Annabelle is, is really, <laughs> really oh, obvious. Yeah. yeah Annabelle comes, really. becomes very obvious. Yeah, yeah just, and even I think they struggle in the pot. So often I think people um, might not even buy them because, I mean, you try hard at the garden center, right? But yeah. they really want to be in the ground. And um, uh, I know I delivered one, so I've kind of had a little bit of a driveway nursery going uh, of plants I bought and extra ones I've had on reserve just in case. And and so I was delivering one uh, today and I had, but I had a couple stops. So it was sat in my car in the hot car. It was not happy. Like when I got to the site, I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, the homeowner, thank goodness the homeowners were in home before I watered it. Cause I thought they're not going to be impressed. That what is this weeping sad thing? <laughs> and even when you first put them in, like they do kind of, they ne definitely need a year to kind of fill out. So they are not an instant uh, gratification. Right, right. They're not instant gratification. They do want to get in there. They've been ragged and tough in that little pot. Um, but they they are one of the quicker grower growing ones. Mm -hmm. So as as Joanne, as once you get them, give them a year or so, let them settle in, and they will speed up and fill in uh, quite nicely. Yeah. yeah. And I find it blooms early too. So it is a nice one. Um, it's it is blooming already in June, you know, it and is. it will go right through to the fall. Um, I know one of the things, uh, common mistakes, in my opinion, people will think about this uh, hydrangea or refer to this one sometimes as snowballs or as the floppy, you know, the hydrangea that gets really floppy. And um, so really, uh, you know, yeah, they're giant snowballs. So definitely that, um, you know, that's what they are. And they are rounder than some of the other varieties. Um, so I could definitely see that reference. Um, but also I think it's, it's pruning mistakes. So I think homeowners, you know, all with that whole, you've got to clean up the garden in the fall, you know, cutting it back. So in the fall, it's gotten big, it's got full of flowers. They've dried up on the stem, which to me, they still look lovely all winter. Mm -hmm. um, but homeowners feel like they need to cut them back. Um, so that, you know, they can control this thinking that they're trying to control the size so they won't be, or whether they're doing it for, you know, cleaning up or whether they think that's what they're supposed to do or whether they're thinking they're controlling the size. But to me, that means, because the disadvantage of this variety is that the new growth, like this year's growth is a little wimpy. And so it's silly to me that the, the, the new green growth can't hold up those big balls, but that's the case. So really it's when you cut the whole thing down in my experience and then all the new growth is new, it will often bloom a little bit later. So not as early as, as it does in my garden in June, in June. Um, and then the, the new growth that is very green and very weak and the shrub is very floppy. So I really suggest you don't touch it. 
Uh, you don't, you deadhead in the spring if you need to, but it, you know, there's no reason not to, uh, there's no reason to trim it in the fall. Um, if you are going to do some pruning, you know, let's say you want to control maybe the width, um, then new or kind of revitalize inside, uh, then mm. I recommend uh, pruning like maybe a third of the branches, but leaving, especially the outer branches, like the outer stems and branches, um, to mature and to thicken up because to me, then they provide, and it works in my own garden. It's, they provide the structure. So it's not as floppy. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. And that's what the, one of the main questions I get um, from clients and even customers in the garden center is, um, you know, I love this. It's so beautiful, but it's always so floppy. So yeah, pruning is the number one, um, number one thing. And, you know, you can prune out those dead ones or the weak ones in the early spring. But when you let the Annabelle hydrangea actually, um, those older stems get some, uh, you know, some body to them and thicken them up and age, they actually exfoliate their bark as well. Um, oh. So not as quite as pretty as like a nine bark, for example, but they get that nice, um, just that nice exfoliation. So yeah, that tends to be the number one problem and complaint with them. Because like you said, those heads get like up to a foot wide. Yeah, uh, as they get to mature and they will always go over. Um, so, yeah, only prune them if you need to. Um, and every, everything you just said. Yeah, 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 definitely. No, and I think um, uh, they will get need some revitalization once in a while. But, uh, um, you know, I think they just want to get rid of that. Want to talk about that whole misconception that they need yeah. to get cut down to the ground because that's no. not advisable. Will that kill them? No. Will they grow back? So, Absolutely. But then they're going to continue to be, you know, very, very floppy. And some people are like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Even if you don't do that, it is a softer, um, you know, it does have that look like it's not a super upright version. Right. right. It is kind of, it is kind of, I don't want to say weepy. I don't know. I don't want to weepy or floppy. What's the other word? Like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> We're right. like, what? I was going with, um, yeah, it just has a very soft wood to it. So yeah, it kind of bends and almost arches instead of. Yes. Uh, like, yeah, it's not pendulous by any means, but no, no, yeah. no, but it's not, you know, as we get like next week, we'll talk about the pinaculatas and they are very, their branches is very woody, very strong. I mean, these branches aren't, um, so it, it does have a graceful look in the garden. And I think it's a great plant, especially for shade where yeah. you can't have, uh, have a real struggle to grow things, um, to, especially to grow something flowering and to grow something of this size. Cause yeah. you know, there's th things that get bigger, like bigger viburnums, bigger dogwoods in the shade, but, and then there's lots of perennials, of course, hostas and, and different ferns and different things that are on the smaller side in the shade. But as far as shrubs that kind of, you know, work with that middle ground, um, you know, there's not as much. So I think, uh, you know, everybody should have an Annabelle in their garden somewhere. Um, <laughs> and that would make them very happy. So, uh, so yeah. That's um, right. Yeah. So also just for those keeping track, because a lot of questions, you know, do they bloom on old and new wood? Uh, Annabelle tends to grow more of her flowers on the new wood. So she is a new uh, wood hydrangea. We've got a couple questions who have also that have also popped in. Um, Stan is writing in, hello, are hydrangeas expensive to buy? And Stan, um, no, not really. I wouldn't say they're exorbitantly expensive. The bigger, uh, more mature plants you buy, you are definitely going to pay, uh, you know, the 60 to $80 range, depending on what you got. Uh, but, you know, the, for example, just running with our arborescence, our Annabelle, uh, you know, they're going to be anywhere from like $19.99 to $39 or $49.99, depending on the size of the pot that you get yeah, if you're going yeah. one to five gallon. Uh, for example, so and then most of them, you depending on the cultivars, are they new? Uh, which one are they? You're anywhere from that, yeah, that twenty-five yeah. to fifty-dollar range. Yeah. yeah, I think most people, most garden centers will carry a three-gallon, which is a typical size, or thirty-centimeter, right. uh, no, forty centimeters. Um, so they tend to be, yeah, between that around that thirty-dollar mark. And then if you're wanting to like really instant, instant. Um, you know, then that, then yeah, you're running up to uh, $50. Um, 
Um, but then I, I always say then buy two at the, the 30 dollar, right? And fill in that spot. So if you've got a big spot and you want a bigger one, uh, it's better to buy two. But uh, yeah. anyway, so yeah, so it's not too bad. Um, I think especially uh, when you think of the return on investment on how long, Ralph, how long it, um, nope, that, that was another question. <laughs> so um, how, Stan, how long it blooms for. So, you know, there's, you could spend money, that money and have something bloom, like think, think of a peony for $30. Um, and it's, you know, you've got two weeks of bloom, whereas an Annabelle, you're, you're literally blooming from, from June until October. So uh, I think it's worth it. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that a lot of um, breeders and growers have started to deal with is that Annabelle, that arborescence with those massive rounded um, dome heads uh, or mop type heads of flower, uh, they've been flopping over. So what we're seeing is a lot of breeding for both the sturdy, thicker stems Mm -hmm. in things like Incredible, but we're also looking at uh, some more dwarf varieties. So not that four by four or five by five is is overly large, uh, but they are starting to step down by a couple feet as well. One of the most popular ones that we are seeing uh, that is boasting a nice, thick, hearty stem uh, is the Incredible hydrangea and it's a fantastic hydrangea again it's an arborescence type uh, so just like our, our Annabelle or our nice uh, native R and it's going to grow about five feet by five feet but in addition to boasting those nice thick stems uh, as the name implies the incredible so these flowers at maturity uh, they can easily get up to 14 to, and I've seen even 16 inches wide and very round they're near the size um, of our heads as we get into maturity and it's it's quite a show so that's probably one of the the biggest uh um more new, popular new yeah. ones mm-hmm. right and if you are looking for something outside of white which most of the arborescence will come in uh, especially like annabelle uh, as well as incredible we are also seeing uh the incredible uh spirit or incredible spirit sorry so it's like the annabelle but it's now a new pink uh cultivar or um yeah cultivar sorry uh so you're getting still that you know four by four ish uh and then you're getting incredible and then there's incredible spirit and incredible spirit too uh, and all again, boasting those hardier stems, but also that nice red pink color uh, as well. So we're seeing some, uh, a little bit more, more color variety in our Annabelles as well. Mm-hmm. With the new Annabelle cultivars is also coming its ability to withstand a little bit more sun. So we're seeing um, that partial shade being pushed into uh, that full sun range. However, I still have found that for the most part, uh, you know, that nice morning sun and some protection from the the hottest sun of the day, that 10 to three or 10 to four uh, does help keep it nice and rich dark green and and keep it nice and revitalized. Uh, So, and and hydrangeas are that partial shade creature anyways. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you were saying that you have in your garden, uh, one of the new cultivars, um her, uh, limeletta or limetta sorry limetta yeah yes. so i i thought i was loving the idea and we learned about it last year last year on the show i think when we chatted about it um in the proven winners book and you mentioned i spotted it in there and that you mentioned that then your nursery carries it and then i found it and put it in my garden in the fall just curious to see okay how does it perform i'm running out of space i try to do that so much in my garden but i'm running out of space but i had like a dark shady spot Um, but it does get late afternoon sun. So it's not completely shaded. Um, It will get, you know, a couple hours of the West sun at the end of the day. Uh, And I was really curious to see how it would do. So I planted them uh, in the fall and they really have been lovely. So I did take a few pictures. I know I posted a video on our uh, Instagram page, our Instagram story on our down the garden path podcast, Instagram. And, uh, you know, they definitely are cute and they're very white. And I'm really, for the tiny, for the size of them, they really have a lot of flower heads, like I have to say. Um, and they for the do. shade, you know, as much as everybody wants the pinks and the purples and stuff, I don't know, for the shade, I think white has got so much impact. It really does. 
Um, so yeah, so so far I'm really um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, yeah, it's also one of the popular dwarf ones we're seeing again. Um, just again for that size, that classic kind of Annabelle look. Um, but as well as that flowering, again, like the other arborescents, they're a little earlier blooming. Uh, the paniculatas are still budding and starting to come out. Uh, same with the macrophyllas and the serratas, the other ones we'll take a look at. Uh, but they have lots of heads and they're showing beautifully right now uh, out in the garden and in the garden center as well. They oh, remind good. me kind of like bobo, um, the bobo hydrangea paniculata bobo, where they're just so dense and so covered like they they yeah had a nice dense show uh, mm -hmm. so far so they really their, do yeah. yeah yeah and I'm not sure if a listener will write in the question because one of the issues people have been having with and myself included with the Annabelle variety and both my mature one and these new ones mm. I did have um the leaf roller yeah um so early off. yeah so I wasn't sure if you could speak to that so it was early spring you your your shrub is nicely leafing out and then all this and starting to bud and then all of a sudden everything starts to roll up yeah so this is caused by um the leaf uh tear moth so it shows up in in early spring uh and the little caterpillars the eggs are laid at the base in the soil of the hydrangea or of your garden uh and then they hatch and they slowly migrate up the way uh, up to through your annabelles they're usually seen just on like annabelle or the straight arborescence um species we haven't seen them too much on the cultivars like uh incredible or limetta yet um but so in early spring you'll start to see them up um, and they'll what they'll do is they'll get to the top and they'll start to knit the leaves all together. So maybe our listeners have seen this, uh, but all of the big leaves start to dome together and they'll close these big leaves and they'll close some smaller sets of leaves uh, in there as they're growing on that new wood. And they seal themselves off in there and they eat a bunch of leaves and then they emerge uh, as a moth later, which will then again go through a life cycle and lay some more eggs on the bottom. So how do we do this? Um, yeah, once you start to see the leaf pockets forming, you can open each one and take out and find the little leaf uh, tier. It's a very high maintenance thing, um, but it's a little green caterpillar with a little black head. Uh, and most people don't do that. It's interesting right. to see. <laughs> but what you usually will do is by the time you have them all closed like that, the only other thing to do is let them be, or what you're going to do is just cut them off. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you're going to lose the, the blooms on that stem because they're blooming on that new wood. You're going you're gonna to cut those off. Um, the only other thing you can do uh, as well is you can try doing some of the BTK as your um, hydrangeas start to leaf out and they start to grow a little bit. You can apply the BTK uh, on your uh, hydrangea, on your Annabelle hydrangea or your arborescence. And as they close up and as they knit stuff together and they eat those leaves, uh, the BTK bacteria will also they'll ingest that and it will kill them uh, as well. The last thing you can do is um, if you have some sort of treatment that you can use in your garden, something like Balthion or something that's maybe further in south, you can water them into the bottom of your hydrangea into the soil just to kill off all those eggs and prevent them from coming up but most people don't see them until they're very well netted in there mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately it's just time to cut them off mm -hmm. you know what i did with my limetta because i did not want to cut them off because they were new and they were tiny so i just squished that and i wasn't going to go looking for that worm either <laughs> so i just touched the like the, the knitted together leaves and then i just kind of rolled them in my fingers myself yeah. and kind of squished so i'm figuring i'm killing what's in there but i'm not you know opening it or not wrecking the leaves and, and anything like that and it actually worked um no they were much smaller plants than my big hydrangea there are three of them though i have three little ones um so but i would say like each plant had three leaves you know when i was at that stage and once i once i uh, did that it, it kind of nipped it in the bud haha <laughs> no pun intended um but i'm guessing that that um because it was newly planted there that there wasn't as much. Um, mm. So we'll see what happens next year is putting BT. So BTK is only when they're eating, right? There's nothing that will kill the eggs. Like in the fall, there's nothing we can do to the soil. 
you'd have to like dig into the soil and again either find the eggs and remove them or kill them or just use something that you can drench into the soil um and and water them to desiccate and kill them okay yeah so physical removal or that there's nothing really topical otherwise that will really get rid of them okay and it really is cosmetic so it it looks that way for a few weeks in may um, and if you do leave them alone and don't do anything, I have been successful with insecticidal soap, oddly enough. But again, I think you have to do it really early um, to the shrub. And um, so it can be, you know, it is one of the low maintenance shrubs, but it that little period of time and thanks to this leaf roller that's kind of in our area. Um, I don't know. I, I, maybe our listeners can tell us if they've experienced them, if they've never heard of them. Uh, you know, so I think it is one of those things that one of those insects that just kind of wanders through some, you know, sometime. Uh, so anyway, so that would say the only downside to Annabelle hydrangeas right now um, is that insect, but it won't um, really affect the plant. It does not kill the plant no. uh, might make the blooms a little smaller, um, but they're already such a good size. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then um Amana is also, and you just kind of touched on it, um, just with the low maintenance. Amana is written in, are they low maintenance? And and for the most part, Amon, just like Joanne was saying, the odd issue that might show up like our leaf tear moth, uh, but they are low maintenance, easygoing uh, of plants with minimal care, really that you're going, you're not really pruning them or shaping them or doing anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So, just have to water them, right? There's no fertilizing them. There's nope. no, you know. No extras like that. And this is pretty much true about, about most of them, um, about the different groups that we're going to talk about too. There's no over crazy care for all of them uh, that you right. really need to get involved. Everyone's got a little bit of a thing, but, and we'll talk about all of that as we Yeah, do. yeah, definitely. Yeah. As we reach the bottom of the hour before I do our little uh, midway greeting, is there any other, the, do we want to mention any of the other cultivars? Um uh, I think we talked about Incredible, which was that um, big round yeah, head one. Limetta yep, is a nice dwarf. Mm-hmm. The, a couple of the smaller ones. So I have Little Limetta, and they've come up with Invincible Wee White as well, as well as Invincible Mini Movet Hydrangea. So still they're trying to add some, trying to get some pink in there, even in a smaller version. Mm. I don't know. I, I just think it's, I don't know. It just, just looks odd to me because the pink is kind of an odd pink. It's like a dusty pink. Yeah, um, you know, it's kind of an odd pink. I did try the um, blush ones when they first came out and I did not like them. And I took them, you know, like I said, I test them in my own garden and I didn't like it. But that's just me. You know, if there's somebody who wants to add something a little bit different, um, you know, break up the white, uh, then then that's a good option, you know, to, to give them a try. So. So, yeah, so it is good that after all these years, um, this has been a staple in the garden for years and years and years. And it's just been in the last two, I think, Matt, don't you think that all of a sudden these, all these new little, uh, cultivars have come onto the market. So they've paid attention. They've seen the benefits of this hydrangea and its longevity and, uh, they're, they're trying to tweak it. So, um, so that's good in some people's eyes. I know some people don't like that, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so yeah. Um, and then ca- comes along the leaf roller thing, right? So, you know, you, right. it's never perfect. We're always battling Mother Nature a little bit. That's right. Well, um, as we hit 7.30 uh, or the end of the uh, half hour, thank you for joining us here live on Reality Radio 101. I'm Matthew Dressing here with my co-host, Joanne Shaw, and you're listening to Down the Garden Path. Joanne and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path each week bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. We learn right along with you from our research and from the guests that join us here on the show. Don't forget to spend more time with us down the garden path. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at down the garden path podcast. And you can also find a past episodes and great topics on your favorite podcast provider. And while you're there, don't forget, please hit the subscribe button and be notified of new content and please share, don't forget to like, share, uh, leave us a comment, say hi. We love to hear where everybody is from. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, you can also find us off the air. You can find Joanne at www.downthenumber2earth.ca. And you can find myself at www.naturalaffinity.ca. 
So the other hydrangea that we want to talk about in part one of our two-part hydrangea mm -hmm. series, believe it or not, is another North American native shrub. It's um, uh, hydrangea, quirkwafolia, our oak leaf hydrangea. Um, and it is native to about North Carolina and then south into Florida again, and then west towards Louisiana. Uh, but so she's beautiful as well. Um, these guys are, uh, tend to be a fairly, a little bit of a larger group. Um, again, they're hardy from zone five to nine, so they've got a good range. They tend to average about six to eight feet tall and wide, and they're going to bloom mm -hmm. uh, depending on where you are. Uh, again, depending on where you are from about May to July. I find they bloom a little later here, not quite first thing in the May, uh, but usually more about mid to end of June. Ours at the garden centers we've had for a bit, and they're just kind of coming into bloom uh, the last couple um, of weeks. But they are all come out in white and some different white creams. Some of them are single, some of them are double to semi-double, uh, and they tend to be white and then changing into like a purplish pink. The oak leaves are going to enjoy a full sun to partial shade. They're a little bit of a slower grower versus your Annabelle. They're a little bit more slow to moderate growing. But again, they are nice and um, low maintenance. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love about the oak leaf hydrangea is in addition to this big, broad, beautiful oak leaf um, stem. So they're usually lobed a few, like three, four, five, six, or seven times. Very oak leaf leaf um dark very textural leaves yes yeah very tactile like you can touch them they're like kind of furry right or like rough. Yeah. yeah yeah they're kind of rough and very bold um and but very pleasantly so it's not yes. like a big gaudy glossy type thing so it's really very nice um and where was i going with that but oh yes the uh, additional thing that i like um is that they have um, beautiful fall color. They usually have beautiful dark reds or burgundies and bronzes uh, as they go into fall, which is, is fantastic because some of the other ones like the paniculatas or the arborescents, they just kind of go yellowy gold and then they fall away. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, great, um, beautiful, beautiful uh, fall color. Yeah, I mean, I think they're one of the lesser known ones. Don't you think they, that, yeah, people are kind of like, what? Because the flower is not a, it is a hydrangea flower when you really look at it. But in passing, it's kind of, um, yeah, the skies are dark, eh, all of a sudden? I just looked out my window and it looks like the end of days. Like the clouds are just <laughs> boiling Me outside Me too, I'm like, window. I can see all the treetops and I'm like, oh my gosh, uh -oh. there's going to go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> we're both... <laughs> Yeah, like, so like you were saying, they're very, they're, they're not as well known. No, they're not as well known. Uh, I, I found them a little bit more temperamental. Um, I've had to move mine a few times and I've had a few times where they, I mean, they are amazing, even if they didn't bloom their leaves, like oh, you yeah. said, they're beautiful leaves in the summer. And then in the fall, when it turns red, it's like, wow, it didn't even need flowers. But certainly when it has flowers, it looks great. Um, I've been lucky. I think I have them in the right spot now and they bloom three years in a row, including this year. Uh, and, and they are, they are just, they are just beautiful. Like they just really are interesting. And, and I think the key though, and all the other hydrangeas they we love them because of their blooms and mm. it's odd for this one. The blooms are nice and very lovely. Yes. But you really love it for its leaves. And like you said, it's even when they're green, they're interesting, interesting shape, interesting size, and they're leaf forward too. I find that the blooms almost hide a little bit behind in mine anyway, and that could be my pruning <laughs> or lack of. Um, they kind of you're they're kind of tucked in a little bit behind the leaves. Mm -hmm. um, and they poke out a little bit, but they're not, they are leaf forward, don't you think? Agreed. Yeah, they tend to hide and there's some above and there's some in the middle, but that leaf, yeah, yeah definitely tries to stand out and, and it's definitely a showstopper or, or, or show stealer for, yes. for, for this group of hydrangeas, yeah. most certainly. Yeah. And certainly when it goes all red, because for me, it's to the right of my driveway and it's fairly forward on, on that side of my house and, and it's a good size now. I would say it's about five feet and about five feet wide. Mm. And, um, 
although you should see my uh, my uh, roseanne geranium is like twining through it <laughs> so like the trisand geranium is like almost at four feet like some of those stems but anyway but um and people will say um what is that like especially when it goes red you know like it just doesn't look like it's definitely not a burning bush it's definitely no. not you know something that started out red or burgundy uh it really is a bit of a showstopper and it's uh, but it kind of like sneaks in there you know because it's understated and then poof it's you know really kind of interesting and then boom it turns red and it, it, it really is and the leaves like you said the flowers like you said they start to turn a pink a light pink a dark pink and a deep rusty pink um as well but i think i feel like flower forward is the only word i can think of the only <laughs> phrase i can think of because i mean leaf forward i feel like they're leaf forward that the leaves uh really are more noticeable so um and it comes yeah. in a few varieties it does um one of the classic ones are the ones the ones that i tend to have at um, um the garden center and that i like to use is uh snowsicle uh, so it's a nice, densely habit, dense habit, um, a little fewer, a little bit of a lobe, a little bit more compact, uh, usually growing about five by five. And then she's got those nice white, bright white flowers with that kind of semi-double uh, row on those, those little bracts uh, on the flower pieces as well. Uh, it is also quite nice. And again, that nice um, burgundy color. Do you have a cultivar that you, what was the one in your garden, did you say? I think I have Alice. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I have Alice. And I know, um, is it Peewee? What's uh, Peewee Pee and is a little yep. smaller. And Ruby Slippers is also about the same. Oh, is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Peewee and Munch can tend to be nice small ones. Um, nicely branched dwarf. Peewee is about three feet by three feet. And then Munchkin is three feet tall and a little bit wider, closer to four feet. Um, Ruby Slippers is also quite nice, um, usually about four to five feet tall. Um, I don't often see that one anymore. Um, but again, then that one's, you know, sturdy, uh, big panicles. They're usually about 10 inch flowers. Uh, and then they're white going red as they age. It kind of reminds me of your quick fire uh, mm. panicle hydrangea. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also see things like Snow Queen is a, is a classic one, mm -hmm. large, upright, uh, pale pinks. Uh, this one tolerates the sun very, very well. Uh, and then another one um, is the Gatsby group of, of uh, hydrangeas. Oh. And they're like six by six, eight by eight. I think there's, really? there's just Gatsby. I think there's Gatsby Star and Gatsby Moon, if I'm remembering. And these guys um, get, can get very wide. Um, but they're fully double um, and tightly packed flowers. Uh, so they're really nice and really dense. Um, and then they'll go to a kind of a green as they mature as well. So they're pretty neat. And those are also cultivars that we'll, we often see um, in the garden center as well. Okay. Yeah. okay. So if you've got a small space, yeah, peewee and munchkin are great. Um, ruby slippers, a little bigger, bigger, four by five. Um, five by five kind of thing. Again, that white to that nice red and then Snow Queen and the Gatsby group uh, are some are some big popular ones uh, as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's something to look for. I don't know. They seem to be like behind all the other, like they're not, I don't know, at the garden center. You really have to look for them and ask for them. Um, I and really post, do. Yeah, I took a video and some pictures of my Oh my gosh, like you said, it's like the end of days out there. <laughs> and uh, now the sky's moving fast. But anyway, um, so look and ask at your garden center for an oak leaf hydrangea. They really are uh, really a cool plant and uh, a showstopper. And uh, I will post, I did take a video and some pictures of mine. Um, so I'll post that on our Instagram as well. Um, we do have a few questions. I think we skipped Ralph's. I'm sorry, Ralph. Um, you said you had a French hydrangea and can you trim them now and how? Um, we need a little bit more information. I'm not sure what variety you have as far as French goes. I don't think you are pruning anything now anyway. Um, so I don't know if you have time, if you're hopefully you're still listening, you can send us some more information about the size um, you can even email a picture. Um, we can see that. So uh, so that might help us. Uh, but I would say anything now would be setting buds and getting ready to flower and that you would not be pruning it. Correct, Matt? Yeah, yeah. The um, 
the French tends to be more of like that macrophylla group. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And, okay. Yeah. And they can bloom um, on that old and the new wood. So you can do a little bit of shaping and pruning right after the flowers, right uh, immediately after flowering. Um, and then like in like the late summer or early fall, but then again, and then just kind of leaving them to grow out for next year mm -hmm. uh, if you need to. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm getting some thunder and lightning, so I'm hoping we don't lose power. So we lose power in Zoom. Right but so Gary, Gary, you're ready, right? Or yeah, Gary power, you know, right? it's it's uh, yeah. I'm, I just watched some weather radar, and for uh -huh. folks uh, listening to us around the world, we are in the Toronto, Canada area, and it's pretty intense for the next uh, hour or so. So ah, uh, let's okay. hope. Yeah, fingers crossed, everybody. Thank you for listening about hydrangeas. Um, and if you we are cut off, then we apologize, but it, it's the weather. Um, right. So, yes. So thank you, Gary, for checking that. And uh, we know we love that we have listeners from all over, and I'm sure everybody's got different weather happening um, right now. We see it on the news. Everybody's got different weather. I know the East Coast, um, South Florida, everybody's getting ready for another or, um, a uh, tropical storm. Elsa, I believe. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, it's weather. What can we do? Um, so, yeah. So, and Chris, as always, is going back to our listener questions. Always has a sense of humor to check about. He's liking our content tonight, um, but wants to know if he can rake his lawn. Um, I think he missed that, right? <laughs> no, but uh, thanks, uh, Chris, for always uh, making us laugh about that. Um, so, yeah. And let's see. Um, oh, yeah. There we go. Eric saying, Auntie M, Auntie M. Uh, it is a storm here in the GTA. Uh, Joanne, stay away from the yellow hydrangeas. Yeah, that's one one real good point about Eric, about hydrangeas is there's no yellow ones. <laughs> so that's good. That is very good. Um, although it's funny, I have a I have a sedum in my garden and I was tidying it up. Uh, some garden ladies were coming by to take a look and I noticed that it was, it's like a ground cover sedum and it's green. Yep. Um, and but for some reason, I guess I've never paid attention to it blooming and the bloom is not super focused or whatever, but it actually bloomed yellow. And I was like, oh, what do I do about <laughs> that? But anyway, uh, thank you. I love the long term listeners who know our little, I guess, like mostly my quirks. But anyway, <laughs> Matt, what are you doing? I'm so um, easygoing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so Jane is asking. Do I need to do anything? This is a great question, Jane. Thank you. Mm. Do I need to do anything to my hydrangeas in the winter or just leave them alone? Leave them alone. I live outside of Toronto. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. That's a great question. Yeah, that is a great question. Um, with the, the um, oak leaf hydrangeas and as well as the French or the macrophylla uh, group of hydrangeas, if you get really harsh, harsh winters, you they could benefit from a little bit of added protection. Um, so just a little bit of a leaf mulch around them, or even if you get really, really cold, uh, they could also deal with a, like a little bit of a cover, you know, you see those little green tents. Yeah, and, and that'll help protect some of those buds from coming through the winter. Because Which, the macro... Sorry, what variety, what variety are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. So the macrophyllas. Oh, okay. Those and, and the quirquifolias. Uh, if it gets super cold, those buds will take winter damage. Uh, and they will desiccate and dry out. And then you'll have, even in the macrophyllas, um, like the endless summers, um, you know, they will die back. Even the plant itself will shrink in size and you'll lose some of those buds. But other than that, no, they don't really need lots of winter protection at all. You don't need to mulch them. You don't need to do anything in particular. Just make sure your young, newly planted ones go to sleep with a little bit of extra moisture. They don't want to go to sleep dry. Uh, again, they're a lot of that woodland average, good moisture in the soil. And they should be happy to make it through your winter perfectly fine, Jane. Excellent. Excellent. And no pruning or anything either. Like yes. nothing. Leave the blooms. Like no. to me, it's a, it's the one of the benefits of it. You if you want to do a few snips and bring them in the house to dry them, that's lovely. Um, sometimes people put them in their like fall urns and things like that. That's a lovely thing to do. Um, but but you're just taking a few heads. You're not really pruning it. Um, right. So, yeah. So that is um, that's key. None of the varieties really need any pruning um, in the fall. No, that's right. You just want to basically let her do her thing, 
Um, watch for any dieback from the winter. Watch for whenever it is in your area for the buds just to start to open and remove any dead or damaged winter plant um, stems. Anything that's crossing or might rub to allow pathogens uh, or insect pests to take advantage. Uh, and then let them reward you with their, their beautiful flowers and splendor. Um, so that's all you really need to do. Yeah, yeah, that's good. The rain has started here. Yes, I guess I had big drops on my window. I wasn't sure if you could hear it there for a little bit. Um, just as we kind of, as we're reaching the last quarter of the hour, um, I did jump over the culture for our oak leaves. So just going back to hydrangea quercifolia, mm -hmm. um, they do enjoy organically rich, uh, moderate moisture, but well-drained soils as well. So they do like that moisture in that soil, but very well-drained. Uh, summer mulch will always help as if you need to, uh, depending on how hot it is in your area. And flowering also occurs um, on the old wood. Um, so again, if you need to prune it or if you do need to shape it immediately after the flowering, um, but very, very little. These guys are very easy care. Uh, again, you don't really need to do many, much of anything for pruning. Just removing any dead and deadheading last year's flowers and she will be uh, perfectly fine. And then just as we mentioned uh, with Jane's question, um, we are going to just make sure that, uh, you know, if you get really, really cold, they might need a little bit of added protection. If you find you have cold <clears throat> winters and they're not blooming in the next year very well, that could be possibly your issue there as well. Mm. Yeah, I think oak leaf um, might not like a lot of wind. Like I, I think that's, uh, you know, I had to move it to a bit more of a sheltered spot where there's plants kind of around it um you know for the winter because i have because it's grown it's and but i have had years where for some whatever reason it hasn't uh bloomed and i haven't i kind of think it's that and i kind of think it could be water like it needs a bit more water to really get going um you know so you, i haven't quite figured it out yet you you are you definitely and i did not mention that they do like a little bit of shelter um, from especially from some wind and, and being knocked around. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So just kind of mixing them in there with some of your other fellow plants and uh, making good neighbors and they, they will be much happier. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, but definitely look for them and they are uh, something different. So I think that is if you've got the right spot um, and space for the bigger one, you know, it, it is nice because I think it's not, I don't know why at the nurseries, maybe they don't show as well in a pot, Matt, I don't know what it is, but they don't seem to be as front and center as some of the other, uh, you know, I know when Pinky Winky and, and, and Little Quick Fire and, and, all, and li like even Limelight and Little Lime, like when they are, you know, they really are forward, like show, showy in the pot. So I don't know mm -hmm. if maybe the oak leaves aren't as showy in the pot um, at the garden centers, because I, I think you really have to to fall fall apart fall upon it almost. And you do, and you do, um, because even us, we have just a small selection of two or three cultivars, um, and then they're just kind of at the end of the paniculata group, uh, or or with that hydrangea. So definitely take a look and definitely ask. Um, but you are correct in the way that they show. Um, they're beautiful when they're in bloom, um, but they tend to. Um, spread by underground stems or almost like a sucker. So you usually only see like one or two stems, uh, single stems coming up through, through the pot. So they can look a little sparse and a little lopsided, but once they get into that ground, um, beautiful multi-stem deciduous, uh, a rounded shrub, beautiful, but they do look a little awkward. So they don't often take front and center, like a, a big display of bobos or beautiful right. endless summers or a, yes. a, a sea of Annabelles for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so yeah, which is why we really wanted to kind of talk about them more tonight and promote them mm -hmm. um, as, you know, also kind of a native and um, lesser known. I know there's lots of uh, huge families when we get into the panaculatas and the macrophilias a bit next week. Um, it's really quite a big family and they've really come up with a lot of new ones in the last few years of those as well. But right. uh, we wanted to focus on uh, these two white little guys or big guys uh, tonight and share and share their uh, and no uh, leaf roller doesn't really affect them like I've not seen anything 
Um, you know, and there would, I have to say, I mean, you were, like when you have to cut the dead wood, man, that dead wood is hard. Um, so it is a sturdy, it's not floppy. It doesn't need like it, it, it really is low maintenance for the, for the show yeah. it puts on. It really, um, I have to say it's, it's really uh, something to think about. So, mm. uh, so yeah. And uh, they often have a little bit of an exfoliation on their bark. Do you, does yours do. exfoliate yes. nicely? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah it definitely but, does. And like you said, really nothing is attacking it. There are no insects or pests. The only thing I find, especially with in the garden center, because a lot of them have that overhead watering, is you can get a little bit of like a leaf blight or a powdery mildew. But that's really only if you're like at a garden center, if you have overhead uh, sprinklers and you're doing it daily, uh, right. they can look a little rough. But other than that, mm -hmm. there's no one who's bothering this one. Excellent. Excellent. So that's a keeper. Yes. Um, yeah, so I'm excited that we're talking shrubs. Um, you know how much I love shrubs and I'm excited that we're talking hydrangeas. I had to write down. So I have six. I think I think I, have, I thought I had more. But according to my memory right now, I have six varieties in my garden. Um, so yeah, and I've had more and I've gotten rid of some hint hint macrophilia. Um, little, you know, and uh, things like that. I've grown um, uh, limelight little lime in pots. And, uh, you know, I really love them. And so I'm excited that we're, you know, like I said, we're talking about them for two weeks. Um, Matt, do you remember what, what are some of the other shrubs we're going to talk about this month? Yes. Yeah, so, so later in this month, so this week and next, we are talking all about hydrangeas. So grab your questions, send us some pictures. But as we get into July 19th, we are going to look at an, yet another North American native um, the nine bark. Uh, so if you don't know what a nine bark is, I highly suggest take a quick Google, look at the beautiful stunning foliage of our nine barks, getting their name from um, the, the shades and of uh, colors of very exfoliating bark, nine barks, nine shades, cinnamons, taupes, whites, beiges, very beautiful colors, uh, great foliage plant. And then we're going to jump and finish into the last of July 26th with Wigelias or Wigelas, or uh, we should yeah. write in with your pronunciation of this <laughs> word. That's uh, right. Right. That's right. Always add an extra vowel between the L and the A. Uh, but all the wonderful uh, foliage uh, and the bloom times they give us. Um, yeah, there's a fantastic group of plants. And again, another landscape staple. I think we, you and I both design uh, with it, such as uh, I think probably Spilled Wine, which is new uh, or newer in the wine series. Electric Love uh, came out a couple of years ago at Canada yep. Blooms. Yeah. Uh, fantastic, fantastic group. And the plants. Sonic Bloom ones as well. I've Sonic got, I mean, it's so funny, the Sonic Blooms in my garden, I didn't prune them when I should have. And so they were looking really weird looking. And I'm like, ah, uh, they've got to come out one especially it just was looking so but now it is covered in red flowers that I'm like mm. I I have its replacement ready to go and I'm like no I can't take you out you, just, <laughs> you know so uh so yeah so it's gonna be a great month everybody we did do a shrub month last year as well so we will link to those in uh those shows in our show notes um and you can find those on our podcast app um Matt how is everything as we wrap up how's everything at the garden center yeah, the garden center has lots of product still available um, just with the COVID and the early May and the shipment. Uh, there were a lot of things that just weren't quite ready just from staffing issues. So there's still annuals, there's still perennials, there's still trees and shrubs. Things are looking lush. Things have definitely slowed down. Um, in Canada, we're going into like in Ontario, we're going into the step phases. Uh, so we were super, super busy all the way up until we moved into step one. And then mm -hmm. other retailers were able to open with minimal people coming in in patios. So now there's great product, but it is much slower. Uh, so come in and take a look. There's lots of hydrangeas. Remember, they're just coming into season in your garden centers, especially here in uh, uh, our part of North America. Further south, they might be a little ahead of them. Uh, so definitely go take a look. There's lots to be had uh, out there. But things are still good. There's still good selection. Um, things are slower, but yeah, things are good. Yeah, I mean, even center. herbs. I know I was there yesterday and mm. herbs and vegetables, you know, you can get 
if you miss the cell pack vegetables, it's okay. You can, or if your ones that you bought didn't didn't make it, you can buy some, you know, six inch or ten inch pots of, of a tomato plant or a pepper plant. So yes, there still is lots to go. I do want to give a shout out to Larry. He said he's listening to us from Pickering, so he must be a neighbor of mine nearby. And he yeah. sent us a great, cool picture of the radar. So that was very cool, and that is great. Those are Larry. You win a prize, I think. I'm um, because you're the first person to send us a picture, right? We're always asking people for pictures. So well, you know, to... for a prize, we can send them an umbrella. We could, <laughs> we could. Well, we have our down the garden podcast T-shirt, so uh, so we might have to figure out. Um, Gary, you might have to write, or, or Larry might have to write in and give us your address, and I can drop off. Especially since you're like nearby, I can drop off a T-shirt. So, uh, so we appreciate yeah. that. And yes, listeners, please send us your design dilemmas, your shrubs, your Annabelle questions, your hydrangea questions, your shrub questions, especially this month. Uh, send us those photos, and we can uh, help you. And we love all. I mean, I'm sure there's other shrubs that uh, listeners, because I know we have listeners all across especially the U.S. and have different, although they're all on holiday today. So happy Canada, happy uh, July uh, holiday, right? It was yesterday, really, July the 4th, Gary. Um, yeah, but they, <laughs> they take Monday off too, right? Because when yeah, the holiday's they, on a Sunday. They take like Thursday, Friday, yeah, Thursday, Thursday fr- Monday off. Yep, they did, actually. <laughs> they do. So our listeners will hopefully catch us on the, that aren't here tonight or listening uh, to the podcast maybe later. So. So thank you, everybody. And the season, the I mean, I've spoken to a couple of clients today or especially new. So the design season isn't really showing signs of slowing. Um, and uh, so people are still getting it that the season, you know, to, for 2021 is sold out. Um, but that if they want to get planning for 2022, um, that that's what they're doing. And they're kind of checking out uh, people. Um, yeah, and we've got our jobs underway. And so it's a bit for me a bit of juggling now the designs and the plant orders and the material selections for the installs that are happening. Um, and did you know there's a white cement shortage? Matt, you're freaking me out by looking out the window. Stop oh, it. <laughs> there's some big bolts coming down. Now. It's like right on top. I of know. Me. Did you look at Larry's oh. radar on the yes. email? He sent to, um, white cement shortage. I know. Oh. Like our industry cannot, um, cannot go through Matt. We've gypsy moths, shortages, labor, the weather. Um, uh, one of the big growers on the West end, apparently the hailstorm hit MVK and mm. the West end and damaged most of their shrubs and perennials um, yeah. yesterday. So honest to goodness. And now the paving stones. So last year there, there were shortages on paving material or material for, for interlocking and for landscaping because of, of um, just capacity because of the restrictions with COVID. And now the, all the, all the build or the manufacturers have ramped up and they've increased their capacity, but now there's a white cement shortage of that powder. So it's, they're limited (laughs) on what they can produce. So some companies are pivoting and kind of introducing new colors with a little bit less white in it, just to kind of get keep the product flowing. Um, but it is, it's, it's an industry that's fascinating every year. There's a different challenge, right? That is, it's so true. <laughs> it is true. What, uh, before we leave, I wanted to ask your opinion and does Sheridan or does your garden center, um, um, <laughs> carry them is the gypsy. Cause we've had issues with the gypsy moth. Um, do you carry the traps for the male? We do. And we are actually just waiting on some more. Um, They weren't even at that phase yet. And we sold, uh, I think, upwards of like 1200 drafts. Um, And we just, yeah, so we are waiting for brand new uh, traps. But yes, um, they are out there as well. Take a look too. Um, We've had them on the show as well. Naturalinsectcontrol.com. You can also find them from our wonderful... uh, do you think they're good some some people are saying just like they do with the japanese beetle traps right like oh you're just going to attract more um i think in that case it's only the males that fly and if we can prevent the males and the females from mating and having eggs then you know then to really killing the males is is really the goal so whether you're attracting your neighbors or not which i don't believe you are no. Um, so I know there's areas, um, Pickering seemed to do okay, but there's definitely um, a lot of the golf courses, a lot of the, um, even the natural areas, it, they're just decimated. So if you're driving around, if you're not aware of the gypsy moth situation, but you're out and about and you're wondering why there are no leaves on these trees or the evergreens have been defoliated, 
um, then that's why um, we've been these ferocious little uh, gypsy moths that have been eating our just gypsy moth caterpillars and they're just about in the next week or so going to start turning into moths but uh, sorry to end on that note but again <laughs> it, is, it is shrub month everybody and this was a fabulous episode on uh, hydrangeas and we are excited to talk about hydrangeas again different varieties next week right Matt? That's right. So join us. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Down the Garden Path with your host, Joanne Shaw, and Matthew Dressing, right here on Reality Radio 101.